Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. I'm here with a special guest, my brother, Joe Chin, who is a professor at the University of Louisville, not in theology, but in biological engineering. Joe, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey guys, I'm Joe Chen, as Tim mentioned. I'm his brother. Happy to be on the podcast today. Me and my wife are avid listeners, and so it is very nice to be uh, with you today, Tim. Awesome. (laughs) All right, Joe. Well, today we are going to jump right into it because last week's podcast, we talked a lot about this matter of grafting. And so for our listeners who haven't heard last week's podcast, I encourage everyone to go back and listen to it because Paul uses this picture of grafting. Which is very interesting because most of us, if we were writing our relationship with God, we would not consider it that way. But Paul realized that our relationship to God is more than just a CEO with his CFO, but actually a matter of a tree and a branch. And what this picture implies is that there is this matter of fellowship and life that flows between us and God continually. Well, today we're going to go into Romans chapter 12. We're actually only going to be able to get to verses 1 and 2. So actually, I'm going to ask Joe to read verses 1 and 2 in Romans chapter 12. All right, this is Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Wonderful. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into this because there are a couple of key words that I think we want to focus on today. And so, Joe, I'm going to start by asking you. It's very interesting that Paul tells us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. It's not something we hear in daily words, but it's very interesting that Paul chooses this, this, this word here, or this phrase, I guess, a living sacrifice. Any thoughts you have concerning this matter? Well, I think, you know, perhaps when we think about sacrifice, I, I think the first thing that pops in, my head and maybe some of the listeners as well is sort of the Old Testament sacrifice. This process of, you know, sacrificing a, a goat or a ram or a lamb for your sins for atonement. And all those sacrifices end up with the shedding of blood and the sacrifice actually being done away with. But then this restores your relationship to God. But It's interesting here that you have a living sacrifice here. We know that sacrifice experientially has to do with us sort of putting aside what we want, perhaps for 
you know, for someone else's sake, um, perhaps that is uh, more on the experiential side of what the word means. But I think it's interesting that this adjective living uh, is coming before this word sacrifice. That's actually a really good point because you're right. Back in the Old Testament, anytime they sacrifice something, that object then is gone. Um, and you're right, that will usually take away our sin, take away our trespass. Uh, sometimes it will be offered just for God's satisfaction. But this matter, this word living in front of the sacrifice, you're exactly right. It implies something continual, something that is daily. And this just reminds me, actually, of the Lord Jesus and his life. Many of us think of the Lord Jesus as a prophet, a great healer, a great miracle worker. Some know the Lord Jesus as God of the universe walking on earth at that time. But here, another aspect of the Lord Jesus' life is a life of sacrifice. What I mean by that is as the Lord was living on the earth, he was constantly denying what he wanted. He was constantly denying what he desired. He constantly said, especially in the book of John, that he could do nothing apart from the Father. And what does that mean? That means he constantly sacrificed himself. Every day when he was about to talk, when he was about to do something, about to think something, about to say something, he would touch the Father and ask, Lord, is this what you want me to say or not? And if it was not the Father's will, then he would actually sacrifice his own will for that sake. And I think this is awesome because Paul here is saying that we should have this same view. Joe, do you have any other things you want to add on that? Well, yeah, I think as we're talking about it, you know, even in the sort of context of a sacrifice in the Old Testament sense, in the New Testament parallel to follow what the sort of sentiment that you're describing is sort of the crucified life, right? I feel like it's pretty analogous to this. It's Galatians 2.20, uh, you know, we're crucified with Christ, right? We, we are, or actually it's no longer we that are living, but it's Christ that lives in us. Now we live a life of faith, Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. And so in, in, this, in this light, we are essentially taking Christ as our example, as our pattern, to also enter into a life of sacrifice in the sense of, you know, we are not here for our will, things that please us or satisfy us, but we are living to a higher calling to align ourselves with God's will, take the pattern of Jesus in the Gospel of John, you know, doing nothing apart from the Father. You know, and this is holy and acceptable to God, right? This is also a form of spiritual worship. And as I'm looking at this verse as well, you know, this is not possible through our striving to, and I just appreciate the earlier portion that says, by the mercies of God. So by the mercies of God, we can live in a way like Christ, where we live in, in a crucified life, where we live by faith in him who loved us and gave himself for us. And in this way, we are following the example of, of Christ we are living sacrifices. That's actually really, really awesome. And I like how you, you brought that up. We can't do this on our own. We can't try ourselves into this type of living. But this requires God's mercy. Uh, however, the outcome of a living like this is actually a spiritual worship. 
I think that's really good. You know, this makes me think of the Old Testament where, you know, Saul, God tells Saul that he has to destroy everything in this kingdom. And Saul didn't do that. He saw some goats and some cows and he's like, hey, you know, I can offer this to God. Right. And so he does it thinking he is doing some type of sacrifice to God. But in a sense, he was actually disobedient to God. Right. And so because of that, he actually lost his kingship. Well, the Lord said something very striking there. He said, I desire obedience over sacrifice. Mm. Right. And so what does that mean? The living sacrifice is actually a walk of obedience Mm. to God, a walk of, like you said, constantly denying what we think is right and learning to follow God and depend on God and everything. And this type of living is actually more of a worship then I would say even sometimes, you know, Sunday morning, we might quote, quote, go to worship. But the Lord is actually looking for this type of living more than just episodic times of singing. This is really, really dear to God's heart. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I feel very incapable of living in this way, but I just appreciate, you know, the mercies of God. And, and our call is just to present ourselves, present your bodies I think that's just a, a sort of attitude of dependence on God and and sort of realizing our, our need for Him. We just simply present ourselves God's mercy. We have we receive those uh, the mercies uh, of God every morning. You know we can live in this way and enter into this type of spiritual worship. So let's keep on moving to verse two because so speaking of. We need to learn to deny our will and take God's will, right? Then somebody might ask, well, how do we know what is God's will? Of course, you know, sometimes we're like, uh, you know, this is God's will. We kind of make it look so mysterious and maybe God's going to come out with a booming voice from heaven and tell us what his will is. But actually in verse two, it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may discern what the will of God is. Right, so again, very interesting terms that Paul decides to use. This word transformed by the renewal of the mind. So, Joe, what do you think? And any thoughts you have on this matter of transformation and renewing? Yeah, I think transformation obviously is, you know, a central part of the Christian faith. And I, and I think perhaps, you know, sometimes our appreciation of it. Well, at least for me, I think it was somewhat limited initially. And I think pictures or examples, analogies are very useful in, in really appreciating transformation. And I was just looking at the uh, Strong's Concordance and talks about transformation and the Greek word. I can't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Metamorpho, perhaps. But it just basically means to change into another form. And, you know, this is something we had discussed in the past, but I really appreciate the example of petrified wood, right? So this is something that changes to another form. This is a something in the, in the world we live in where we see and we understand the mechanism of action even of how a piece of wood that's falling into a stream or something over time could become like a rock, solid like a rock. The mechanism is simply just the flowing of minerals within the water, sort of filling in the gaps within that wood and creating this whole new substance. 
And that's a really good picture. And I think experientially, it's true for us that the transformation process is for us to become another form, right? To become something beyond just sinful person. But there is something of this flowing water that we that is passing through us as Christians. We are under the flow of life. And this life is depositing something in us, right? And so in that picture of petrified wood, it's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment process by which a mineral is being deposited into this wood. And in like manner, as Christians, we have the same flowing life passing through us day-by-day. This is the transformation process that conforms us into the image of Christ. And this happens through the renewal of our mind. And this enables us to see God's will. That's an awesome picture. Because I think sometimes when we hear the word transform, we think like we grow wings and our eyes catch on fire and we start speaking in tongues or something. But this matter of transformation in Romans chapter 12, like you said, is something that's continual. And I appreciate that picture of the petrified wood a lot because that essentially is what's happening. Our Adamic nature our sinful nature, it needs to be removed, right? But it's not going to be removed by us trying harder. In fact, we, to our listeners who've been listening along, we went through Romans 7, and we saw that every time we try to do good, we kept failing, right? So you cannot overpower your natural Adamic mind. However, your mind can be renewed daily, right? And so just like the water flows through that wood every single day. This reminds me of Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul is talking about the church, and he's saying that the church is being washed in the water in the Word. Right. So every morning you come and you get into the Word, and God's Word washes you. Now, it's not like He washes you once and then you're completely different. He washes you with His, with his Word, and a little bit of you is removed, and a little bit of God is deposited. Mm-hmm. Right. And so over time, through prayer and spending time in the Word and spending time with other believers and fellowshipping, you start noticing that maybe nothing daily, but 10 years down the road, you look back, you realize, I'm a different person. Mm-hmm. Not because uh, you know I've become more sophisticated, I've gotten older, I've gotten wiser, but all those interactions you have with God has now started to change your mind. And now you have a better discernment of, yes, this is God's will, or no, this is not God's will. And I think that is an awesome picture. Yeah, I think that's really great. I think that really brings it into our practical universe. And I don't know if this is the time to really sum up these verses, but I, you know, I'm just considering these in the context of the first verse. And, you know, we see words like, holy and acceptable to God, and then something that is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, God even desires that we discern what the will of God is. God desires for us to be living in a way where, you know, we are in union with him. This kind of follows the grafting um, episode of the last podcast. But I appreciate, you know, the things we're talking about here bring us into a more perfect union with God. You know, this is our daily life of presenting our bodies and through the mercies of God saying, Lord, you know, I just come to you 
pray that I live not according to my will, but according to your will, through your mercy, you know, make me a living sacrifice. Uh, and then the next verse, to have our mind renewed through this transformation process, as you're describing, we're morning by morning in the word, through fellowship with other believers, just through community with with uh, the believers that you're around, you know, these are all opportunities for this mineral to be deposited, this quote-unquote mineral, for this sort of essence of God to be deposited into us. These day-by-day processes that we're touching here bring us into a more perfect union with God. And so I just appreciate this is something that God desires. And this is something that we have the opportunity to enter into. It's not just for, you know, the pastors of the world or the really spiritual people. uh, But this is a call for all of us. um, And we all have the opportunity to enter into this. And when we are in this union, uh, this is good. This is acceptable. You know, this is pleasing to God. Um, This is where we are joined into the root we are being supplied with the nutrition from Jesus, from Christ as a vine. Uh, we're bearing fruit, and we're just in this perfect union. So through God's mercy, you know, he can bring us more into this. But I appreciate the practical examples that you brought out, Tim, of just time in the Word, time with you know, your, your community, your church community, uh, presenting our bodies to God. These are the mechanisms that we enter and experience this transformation work of, of Christ. And we enter into a place where we know and can discern what the will of God is. Perfect. We'll leave it there. That was a wonderful summary of everything we went through. So Joe, thanks for coming on the show, sharing a little bit of what you've enjoyed with the word. And again, to all our wonderful students that we Bible study with every Wednesday, I hope this is really encouraging to you that as you are a student studying, you know, spending all those hours and you feel like, what's the point of all this? You can spend time with God in those moments and allow God to touch your mind, right? To deposit more of his will into your heart so that when you're on campus, when you're a physician, when you're a grad student, you're actually a living sacrifice wherever you are. Another thing about sacrifice, and I'll end with this, is in in the Old Testament where there was this sacrifice called the burnt offering, right? And this smoke would go up and it was a sweet smelling savor to Jehovah. So this offering was just for God's satisfaction. But not only so, everyone around it would notice that offering, right? Everyone around it would notice the savor that was floating in, right? So not only was God satisfied, the other people around there are actually touched. So as our daily living is going on, as we're walking around as living sacrifices, this not only is a worship to God, this actually affects all those around us. So I just want to appreciate uh, your time, Joe. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Dear each day to me this person inside me
Jesus, my Lord, Jesus, my Lord, even when faith is small, when there's no hope at all, I hear him say to me, trust in Trusting in me, trusting.